0: Tell me something. Mm-hmm. So I found out yeah. when I was in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, like Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia.
0: That based on each region that you are yeah. in like the world, um, the Starbucks
1: drinks yeah.
0: match the local audience.
1: Really? Yes. So like explain what that would be.
0: Well, I'm going to need you to help me out. Okay. Because I see that you have a Starbucks cup in front of you. Okay. Here, during the Christmas season, yeah. we have all these holiday drinks, right? Yeah. Apparently, when my cousin went to um, Oxford, she went to the local Starbucks and they didn't have the same drink drinks. Yeah. They didn't have the same yeah. drink menu. Of course, they still have like the caramel macchiato and all that like stuff. Like the standard. Yeah. yeah. But the more like um, specialty mm-hmm. specialty drinks, they didn't have that. What are your thoughts?
1: Tell me. This is this true? It is true. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird comparison, but it's like a McDonald's. You know how they have like specific things for specific regions? Yeah. So each Starbucks will have something that they fit to specific tastes. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure like with McDonald's in like India, they have like McAloos, mm-hmm. you know, like the potato in the bun. Are and
0: in serious? Dubai, they have
1: McArabias. So like it's like a flat pita bread yeah. with chicken, grilled chicken in the middle.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. In
1: Japan, they have something else. Like it's like culture specific. It's interesting. That is so cool. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, my name is Samaha Ali and you're listening to Steep Tea. And I have a guest in the room. Would you like to
1: introduce yourself? I'm Mariam Ahmed, and uh, I'm from Pakistan. Mm. Uh, so what kind
0: of tea are we having today? We're
1: having Pakistani chai today. <laughs> yeah. So
0: Madam, who are you?
1: Who am I? Um, well, I would describe myself as a British Pakistani, that's my number one form of identification. Um, I obviously grew up in England, moved to Dubai when I was six, uh, and then moved here when I was 18 for university. So kind of uh, my two primary homes, I would say, would be England and Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, but I identify most with London, which is interesting because I've always seen that place as my home, mm-hmm. number one. And Dubai secondary. At the same time though, I have Pakistani roots, so it gets a bit confusing. Like it's a mixture of all three.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you... We're only in London for six years. you were yes. <laughs> And like me knowing you, I would have never thought that. Yeah. I would have thought like you left when you were like 13 or something. Really? Yeah.
1: yeah. A lot of people say that. And you know, I think the reason that is is because Dubai obviously was like a colony. Mm-hmm. Oh, the UAE was a colony of England. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that there's a lot of like English influence in that region, um, a lot of Arab regions in general. So mm-hmm. I grew up in going to like British schools. All my friends were English. So it was like being in a in a mini England in a desert, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was like an odd experience for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why the culture stayed with me so much. Mm-hmm.
0: And how do you kind of reconcile the fact that you identify as a British Pakistani mm-hmm. and then you were raised predominantly in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So like where you have been living is not typically in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So how does this culture, how does this culture kind of shape you when you are younger?
1: Uh, well, for sure the one rooting factor, that the only thing that keeps me Pakistani, this Mm -hmm. sounds odd, but is my parents. Mm -hmm. Because they are very, even though they grew up abroad too, like my mum's dad was a pilot, so she was moving around everywhere. My dad's dad worked in the UN, so he was moving around everywhere. Like he was born in Thailand, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But he grew up in Pakistan for a long period of time, and my mum had a lot of cousins and family that were Pakistani. So they themselves are very culturally Pakistani. They're very rooted in that. Mm -hmm. And so when I go back home, that's how, for sure, like I am able to always like, refer back to my culture through them. They're just kind of like that, that cultural hub, I'd say. That I always refer back to for my Pakistani roots. So, what was
0: home life like?
1: Uh, like my home life back in Dubai. Yeah, wherever. Um, it was great. I'd say I was raised in like a pretty happy, loving home. <laughs> like my parents are pretty amazing people. Um, always, I would say they raised me pretty well. <laughs> raised me with good morals. Uh,
0: and you find that your home was kind of a, a site, site of Pakistani culture? Just
1: Yeah, it's, again, it's a hybrid because my dad did university in England as well, but he's still very much Pakistani. My mm-hmm. mom did university in Canada. She went to University of Ottawa. I don't mm-hmm. know if I ever told you that, mm-hmm. but uh, she's still very Pakistani as well. So mm-hmm. again, they're like a hybrid themselves, but they speak the language fluently. Mm-hmm. You know, all their friends are Pakistani. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, that's where I derive it from. It's kind of –
0: it's interesting because what I'm hearing is, like, what your parents are, what a lot of our generation is in, like, foreign countries – or not foreign countries, in Western countries. Yeah. Just kind of, like, in the diaspora but not separated from who they actually are as, like –
1: Exactly. An
0: ethnic group. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's really interesting. And what if your parents' friends, are they also, like, kind of in that – they live abroad from the country itself but they are – inherently Pakistani
1: exactly yeah it's mostly that obviously they do have the odd few ones and family members too that still live in Pakistan and have never moved mm-hmm. but um it's still t- uh, the same kind of thing because I think you when you're when you've left a certain country you kind of it's hard to you're in that weird middle ground aren't mm-hmm. you, where you can't fully relate to people who are from that country but you can't fully relate to people in your new home mm-hmm. so you're in that like odd middle ground so for sure I'd say most my mom my mom's friends because she, um, most of her friends live in London, England. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're the similar situation as us. Like, they um, they left Pakistan when they were younger, or after university, moved to London. Situ- same situation for mm-hmm. sure. So, what was
0: it like when you were younger moving from the UK? <laughs> To the middle of a
1: desert. Yeah, that was odd. that was really weird because mm-hmm. that was at a time when Dubai didn't have its name that it had now. Yeah. like it, no one was like rapping Dubai's name as much as they are now. Mm-hmm. It was when it was on that like up and coming rise, like two thousand three, two thousand four. People knew of Dubai, but it wasn't the status that it's at now. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more communal. It was um, it's not as materialistic as it is now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There was still that like communal factor. It was still it wasn't so crowded. It wasn't so bougie. You know what I mean? Like um, malls everywhere, glossy. This that like foo foo <laughs> shoo shoo I don't know <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it was a uh, it was weird for sure. I mean, I was so young that I don't really remember feeling because I don't think you feel so isolated when you're much younger because you're just going through the motions of being young. Mm-hmm. Like you're not really looking around with a critical eye. Like I, like if, for example, if I was to move now, then it would be I would be like wow mm-hmm. cultural shock. But I was at an age where my mind was still able to adapt mm-hmm. because I was very young.
0: Were you ever confused? Um, in terms of, like, you were just raised in a British atmosphere, now you're in a more Arab atmosphere and environment, and but you also practice, like, Pakistani culture at home.
1: Was I ever confused? Yeah. The first school that I went to, it was, like, a very Arab-centered school. Mm-hmm. And I remember my it was called, like, Shouifat. And uh, it was, like, uh, I think they had a French curriculum because a lot of their students were, like, Lebanese or something like that. And I remember just not fitting in at all because they were just so, because Arabs have a very different way of schooling Mm -hmm. than like the English system. Uh, For sure, like the teachers were, I remember like someone scratched their head and they got like a detention or something like that, something ridiculous. Yeah. It was like extremely strict. I remember my mom just pulled us out after like six months because it was just like not, it was too different. It's too hard to adapt.
0: Mm -hmm. Your parents have kind of kept you grounded. They're Mm -hmm. moving in different places. Do you owe a lot of what you know about yourself to what they've taught you in terms of like your roots, your heritage, what you practice, your culture?
1: Yes, I'd think I'd say for sure because, um, especially with my parents, it's easy when you're when you grow up in a very Western atmosphere to kind of lose that um, the Eastern part of mm-hmm. you, like the your heritage. Mm-hmm. But my parents do that, and they do that a lot actually. For example, like if I'm back in Dubai, my mom will say to me like Oh, we've got this Eid party to go to, we've got that Eid party to go to." You know, this day we're going to visit Sheikh Zayed, uh mosque. Mm-hmm. This day we're going to do this. Like, they definitely keep me rooted in what my heritage and what my culture and what my religion is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's through them that I'm really able to um, discover that part of myself or mm-hmm. rediscover, actually, I think would be a better word.
0: So what's it like once you were 18 and you moved away?
1: Um, hard, very hard. Mm-hmm. I'd say the hardest part. And I and I owe this again to the fact that I was old enough to kind of get that, feel that culture shock. Um, it was hard when I moved from Dubai to London, Ontario to attend Western because I'd say that was such a huge culture shock just because Canadians are so unique um, from anything I've ever experienced. So um, like English people, like I said, it wasn't that big of a difference because there are a lot of English expats in Dubai. But coming to Canada, it's people that I've never experienced before. And with that, sense of humor is different. Um, you know, everyday manners are different. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a whole new kind of experience. So it was definitely hard for me. Like, I, was, I remember feeling homesick for a good two months straight.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did that kind of impact the friends that you made, what you know now about yourself? Like, how did it formulate who you are today?
1: I'm drawn to people who are international I'm drawn to people who are not like obviously I do have Canadian uh Caucasian friends mm-hmm. but my most of my uh, definitely most of my friend group are people who are from like all over the globe mm-hmm. but they grew up in Canada mm-hmm. so they do have they're kind of like me in that way like they grew up they have those two parts to them mm-hmm. so that I can relate to them um how it formed me um I would say that it I'm definitely a lot more confident as I'm sure a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was kind of like I was thrown into this place. And I had like I had my grandma in Toronto, but how often am I going to go to Toronto? Like, it's two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So I started doing everything myself. Like, it was just very much I learned to be independent. Um, and to another level, because obviously my parents live in Dubai. Like, it's a 13-hour flight. I can't just say, like, oh, I'm coming around, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So I think with that, it, you're kind of forced into sort of responsibility and independence.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So... Did you find that you were able to connect with a lot of people here, especially like Pakistani people here, um, since they're in the, also in that state of limbo?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have been able to connect to some Pakistani people, but unfortunately, because Western is kind of the university is kind of uh, there's not that many people of different cultures anyway. Mm-hmm. I the people of uh, the people that I was drawn to, I kind of met in basically the easiest places that you would meet them, mm-hmm. so through residence. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was in Ontario Hall. That's where I met a lot of my friends um, through my classes, MIT, and it, within those kind of sectors, there weren't many Pakistani people anyway. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to meet a lot. But I, um, my friends that I did make, they were like I said, like the two kind of sides, mm-hmm. east and west. Those are definitely the people that I was drawn to most. Of you. Mm-hmm.
0: Moving to who you are today, mm-hmm. why do you identify as a British Pakistani?
1: Oh, that's a good question, <laughs> I've never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I identify with being a British Pakistani is because I will turn on the TV or even if I go home to the UK, um, the people that I identify most with, the people who struggle I identify most with, the people who's, um, who who I relate most to, those people are British Pakistanis and obviously because. Uh, Pakistan was a colony of England. So I think with that, there comes a sort of link. Like there's a lot of Pakistanis in England as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the two go, Pakistani and British go really well. They just mesh, Mm -hmm. like it just goes. I I actually don't know what else to tell you. It's just the two cultures that I relate most to.
0: Mm -hmm. And then I guess when you were in Dubai, like a lot of the everyday tendencies, the everyday um, experiences, have a lot of like influ- British influences around you
1: yes for sure because um like like I mentioned before they used to like the UAE was under England's rule so like a lot of there's a lot of English expats there I think it's like the third largest expat group wow or fourth like a lot like uh, the CEO of Emirates is English like he, <laughs> like, he, like of course there's so much English influence there mm-hmm. and that's why so many Arabs have like a home in London or mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard that like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Arabs in England too so the two are kind of interconnected as well so with that there comes like British schools you know a lot of the supermarkets stock English food because they know, who, they know yeah. who their customer is uh, it's interesting because it's a Muslim country but in specific places you can get pork because mm-hmm. you know English people like love their pork yeah yeah so like into so the supermarket there's like designated areas so they really cater to the expats Mm. Um, they really try and make it. And, well, you know, for Christmas, there's, like, huge Christmas trees. Yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they really do. They kind of cater a lot to English people. And expats in general, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Back home when you would go during the breaks of university, um, in Dubai, for those people who don't know, there's literally a mosque every, like, <laughs> on kilometer. Every, on every street corner, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. so many. And in Canada, yeah. that, that's not even the thing. We yeah, noise the- pollution problems, too. You can't even raise the adhan like during prayer time so what was it like um I guess now seeing yourself as like a Muslim woman too knowing that like practicing here there's not as many mosques around the corner it's not as convenient available it's not accessible to you
1: yeah um for sure like one thing that I noticed immediately Mm -hmm. is that and you don't notice it when you're back home like for example I was in Dubai for like 11 years of my life 12 years and uh Like you said, there's like a mosque at every, basically every street corner. Mm -hmm. And with that, obviously, the Adhan comes um, five times a day. Mm -hmm. So hearing that, um, there were a lot of Adhans playing at once, you know? So like hearing that, and especially in my area, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I live in an area called Jumeirah, so like there's a lot of mosques everywhere. Mm -hmm. So hearing multiple Adhans, I never took it in, you know? It just became naturalized. Mm -hmm. It's like someone speaking in the background and Mm -hmm. kind of tune out after a while because... You've heard it so much. It became a part of your everyday experience. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed here. I'm like, wait, like, the Adhan doesn't play. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, they don't play it out loud. Like, it was just, for me, it was kind of like, that's another thing that was a cultural shock. I'm like, wow, this is different. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in a different country now.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, so, how do yeah. you kind of reconcile that, like, to who you are right now with your religion?
1: It definitely becomes more, religion becomes more internalized, mm-hmm. whereas you're outwardly showing it in country, in Muslim countries like the UAE. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes more of an internal experience for sure. I mean, um, you start to practice it more privately, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because um, even my dad was telling me the other day that he went to a mosque and uh, for the first time in his life, like, he was asked to, he was asked to lead the, play- the prayer. Mm-hmm. So he was like, wow, like, this is, this is like, it was amazing for him. It was such a, he was so proud. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, what a concept, yeah. like, yes. let's do it. Yeah, so I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously there's mosques here too mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But what I think what I'm trying to get at is that it's a in a country which is not Muslim. It's a different experience being a Muslim mm-hmm. than a that to an Islamic country like the UAE because mm-hmm. it's more naturalized there. I would say it's more also more communal definitely because you look around and you see like ten Muslims as opposed to here and you see like one mm-hmm. maybe even like none. <laughs> yeah, very true. At least not visible. Yeah, not visible unless I obviously wear like a visible Muslim mm-hmm. like a hijab. I don't think men here don't wear like the the (laughs) contours or anything yeah so like mm.
0: what is your relationship with your culture today
1: as of right now, um, like I said, I I do find it very hard to kind of keep to those, reconcile those two sides of myself. But um, I definitely am. I'm very Pakistani. Like mm-hmm. um, I listen to the music all the time, like just <laughs> privately on my on my earphones <laughs> instead of banging yeah, bug, of banging you just... like Travis Scott. Or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I eat the food. I Obviously, I can't attend like a lot of the functions because I said like I don't know a lot of parts. Maybe that'd be a different story if I was in Toronto. Do you ever think about
0: what your relationship is like? Do you ever think about your culture like consciously?
1: Yeah, all the time for mm-hmm. sure. I always think about it
0: a lot. For a lot of people, culture runs subconsciously yeah. in their mind. They don't actually realize that they're wearing a house dress or like that they're cooking X food. True. Mm-hmm, or that they're listening to such music listening yeah, to yeah, Pakistani music yeah. instead of young but no no
1: no like I, yeah for sure like for, for naturalized things like that yeah but mm-hmm. sometimes I'll I'm sure you go through the same thing it's mm-hmm. kind of like am I becoming too western mm-hmm. am I losing my culture too much I mean that's like a fear of mine 100%. because I don't want to be um I don't want to be completely western you know I want to keep my culture and I actively want to do things in order to keep it and I think one of the things, like I've talked to my parents about this all the time. I say to them, like, I want to marry a Pakistani guy mm-hmm. because that is someone, no one will understand you, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's the tr- I, in my opinion anyway, mm-hmm. no one will fully understand you like some, a man of your own or someone of your own culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have the same struggles, you, you know, the small little things, you know? Yeah. So like, for example, um, I would know for a fact that like, if I was to, if I was to marry a Pakistani guy. He would, especially a Pakistani British guy, because we're so similar, Mm -hmm. he can understand me on levels that other people can't, Certain nuances. Yeah, that no one would get because Mm -hmm. he's going through the same experience. So it's something as simple as that. So I do, like, that's an active kind of worry of mine that I'm, and not even to, like, marry a guy, but just, like, in my, for myself, I want to really keep to my Pakistani, you know, heritage as much as possible. You know,
0: a lot of people don't have that mindset, especially Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, ethnic women, because we're just, like, so inherently, like, disgusted by it our own squad of yes Because they're just like, I know how you were raised, yeah. and you're just like, ugh, you're going to be thinking like this, you're going to yeah. want to cook, or whatever, whatever it happens to be, a lot of us are, end up being turned off. Yeah.
1: Because, And I think that comes with this, like, we've been taught kind of uh, to dislike uh, the ethnic part of ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I mean, if you ask me, like, it's all, like, an agenda, like yeah. it's geopolitics. Like the media makes you feel that way. Mm-hmm. I know for Pakistan that's for sure, you know. 100%. It's like the only Pakistan, the only Muslim country with who's like nuclear, blah blah blah. So it's like a threat, mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah.
1: It's it's too it's like too much for them, they can't handle it. So obviously they try and put out this image that, you know, whenever I turn on the news, anything to do with Pakistan is negative. So me reading that, there's so many this overwhelming like positive aspects to it, but we never see that. Mm-hmm. So when I turn on the news and I read that, it's very I have to actively I have to make an effort to not, you know, self-denigrate or say like, oh, this country is so bad because I, you know, it's not. And, but that's what they want you to feel. So how do you, you know, how do you reconcile that? It's what I'm constantly trying to do.
0: brought up marriage that's kind of like within the future Mm -hmm. so what else do you want to have with respect to your culture in the
1: future well if I were to have kids Mm -hmm. um, I would want to raise them basically how my parents raised me so I don't know if I'm ever gonna live in Pakistan again but chances I'm gonna probably stay in England so again, there's that fear that they might lose that part of them, you know, mm-hmm. that, like, Pakistani aspect to them. So I want to actively try, just one example, I want to actively, like, reinstate that culture in them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like how my, my parents do. And for myself, like, I want to just, like, constantly be able to, you know, like you said, like, walking around in your, like, cultural wear, like mm-hmm. your clothes. And not even having a second thought. And not even having a second thought, yeah. Because sometimes I do, and I'm sure a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um And there's kind of that stigma as well with clothes. Like, you don't want to go outside with your 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 cultural wear because uh you're f- afraid what people will say about you or what they think or the stares or whatever mm-hmm. so i for myself i want to i constantly am striving to be more comfortable in my culture and not care what people think because mm-hmm. i think that's really important like people in canada don't mm-hmm. <laughs> worry what people think about what they, what their interests like hockey or yeah. what they wear like it's not it's not given a second thought mm-hmm. and i want to get to that place as well
0: do you want to pass down like recipes language like what how do you want to express this?
1: yeah, um, so for myself, like I know how to sp- I know how to speak Urdu like mm-hmm. not f- completely fluently, but I do I can understand it fully mm-hmm. like um sometimes my parents will speak to- they mostly speak to me in English, but they'll sometimes speak to me in Urdu too, so I do want to pass down language in terms of recipes. I'm still learning how to cook <laughs> the recipes, not there yet
0: we're still growing yeah <laughs>
1: we're still growing, but um I do hope to obviously like learn the main dishes Mm -hmm. and pass those down, that would be ideal. Um, Just things like that, like clothes, the basic things that come with a culture. Mm -hmm. Clothes, food, that kind of thing. Based
0: on your life experiences and moving around so much, how do you want your future um, to kind of look like since you've retained so much of who you are in all these different spaces? I ideally
1: even want to move closer to my culture mm-hmm. and i think that will happen because obviously right now as you know it's very hard because we live in a very like eurocentric
2: mm-hmm. not
1: even live we attend a very like european not european but like a lot of i don't want to say it white people <laughs> go to our university <laughs> yeah so it's like hard to kind of do that when it's constantly around you you're mm-hmm. the the other you know So, like, I want to, hopefully when I move, this is my hope, uh, back to London. Like, I will, there's so much Pakistani influence and culture there. I hope that through that move, I am able to gain even more, like, culture and insight into my culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: With every future travel Mm -hmm. endeavor, more moving around the world as well as towards your culture.
1: Yeah. Hopefully I won't move around too much anymore because, damn, moving is stressful. But, like, (laughs) uh, yeah, um... that's when it becomes hard I think because that's when you really have to have like a really strong internal sense of your culture Mm -hmm. because if no one around you is from that culture the only place that you can look is within yourself Mm -hmm. or to yourself to kind of um, make sure that you still have that cultural aspect to you Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean like I want to get to that place internally so that I don't need that validation from anyone else I just kind of that's who I am and I'm I'm not ashamed or afraid of it
3: but it's bold and I'm getting out the car. So do start. Or I ain't gonna stop. Watch.
0: Well, thank you for joining the pod squad. <laughs> thank you <laughs> for listening to me. How can people contact you, Maria?
1: Um, well, I have a I have an Instagram, so it's- I'm just gonna spell it out because, you know, my name is- a lot of people don't know how to spell it. So it's I am, so A-A-M, and then my name, M-A-R-I-A-M, and then my last name, A-H-M-A-D. So that's all one word, I am, I am, um, Facebook, I don't have a Twitter. But I have a Facebook. But that might be hard to find me on that. <laughs> there's probably a lot of people of with my name. Athletes. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a very common name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, those are the basically the two platforms you can find me on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining, friend. You're welcome. What an excellent flavor of tea we
1: had today. Yes. fox on Chai. lit.
0: <laughs> it's delicious. And as always, you guys can follow, hit me up, whatever it happens to be, at just on all social medias. I Thank you. So much for tuning into another episode of Steve Tea. Make sure to go to sisterhoodmedia.net, the SoundCloud page as well, the Facebook page, and check out iTunes for another Steve T episode. Talk to you guys soon!